Hello, and thank you for joining us again on Into the Prey. We've got a quick favour to ask you guys before listening to this week's episode. We want to ask you to go ahead to rate and review Into the Prey so that we can lift the level of what we're doing further. Visibility in the podcast charts would help with that massively. It would also help to address the imbalance where folk can often be very specific and more than willing to leave reviews or so-called reviews when they're not happy with what we're doing. So there are, we believe, a vast majority of you who are happy and appreciative and grateful. It'd be very good to convert that into rates and reviews that give us a more reflective presence in the podcast chart so if you go ahead and do that we've also got a new patreon page if you want to become one of our patrons stroke supporters please do follow that link look at the information and consider doing that as well thanks again for listening and please do feel free to use the contact page to drop us a line with any questions thoughts or reflections the devil wants that on the one half is the blessing camp and on the other half is the repent camp that's what the devil wants okay and that is what's happening but actually, it comes back to this misunderstanding of what it means to, to know and worship and love a good God. Is that the blessing is the repentance. God, for all intents and purposes, needn't be there. And we need to recapture a sense of the godness of God, the greatness of God, the majesty of God. Hello everybody and welcome to Into the Prey. This is a slightly unusual episode today because I want to introduce to you the audio-only version of our brand new vlog series called To the Church in Great Britain. I'm putting this on the podcast today just to give everybody an awareness that that's what's happening over on YouTube in, in case that had, unless that, you know, something you'd missed or you'd not got around to it yet or whatever. There's going to be 15 church leaders featuring through a series of vlogs, videos on YouTube that will be really just digging down into some of the harder questions that could be quite critical in terms of whether or not the church is going to be prepared for the return of Christ. And it's as simple as that. You know, are we going to respond at this point in history in a way that the Lord wants, which is to examine what we currently, in many ways, presumptuously When we presumptuously believe that everything that we're doing is fine and there isn't any kind of more serious examine or cellar or repentance, that's the word, isn't it? That we're all desperate for a more common response in. So check it out. You're going to hear that just shortly now. Um, it is a vlog, which means there are lots of visual elements. So hearing it on a uh, on an audio version only on a podcast is slightly odd because there'll be bits that you of course just won't be aware of you won't be able to see so maybe you want to listen to it on the train or on the bus or in your car driving wherever you are but it's over on youtube so go ahead and do that um final thing i want to say quickly is that i spoke with christopher ash yesterday christopher ash is a, a writer in residence with tyndale college in cambridge and has written extensively but specifically on the book of psalms he's done some work with job as well but psalms He's something of an authority, I would say, having written, I think, three or four books on the Psalms. And one of the books that Mary and I have read in recent years have been massively helped by called Bible Delight, which is a study of Psalm 119. I've mentioned that a few times and will continue to. So look out for that next Friday. That will be a continuation of our all the prophets um, focus for this season. I'll be looking at the Psalms with Christopher. It was a real privilege to meet with him and listen to him and spend a bit of time just 
thinking and praying, so don't miss that. Without further ado, let's go over to this is the audio-only version of the brand new vlog series to the church in Great Britain. Right, well, welcome, guys. It's uh, a new vlog series here called "To the Church in Great Britain," and obviously, that's a, a familiar phrase to most of us. To the church in dot dot dot, to the church in Laodicea, to the church in Philadelphia, whatever. The church is in the Revelation, and the subtitle for this vlog series, "Strengthen That Which Remains," is a phrase that came to me about this um, as I began to give time and thought to it, wanting to be faithful to. Um, the phrase strengthen what remains from the church to Sardis, to the church in Sardis. And um, it's important for us to to recognize some of the things that are happening in the church and in the world at this stage in history. They are severe things. They're not um, things to roll our eyes at. They are severe things. And so the to the churches in Revelation, the messages to these churches is essentially that Jesus is standing in the midst of us he continues to be in all graciousness, in all mercy, in all loving kindness. He is standing in our midst. And yet Jesus standing in our midst is not the kind of Jesus painted by pop culture in and out of the church today, where Jesus, all Jesus wants to do is give you a nice hot cup of hot chocolate and rub your back. Jesus is standing in the midst of the churches in Revelation, issuing terms and conditions and that's not the kind of Jesus that we're familiar with it's not the kind of Jesus that we particularly like and I think for church leaders especially it's not the kind of Jesus that often we're prepared to engage with and so that's why this vlog series is happening I've been encouraged having initially been quite um, doubtful as to whether church leaders would want to engage with this or not I've been really encouraged by church leaders who have engaged and we've got 12 Plus, I think there's maybe about 12, maybe a few more leaders um, who you're going to meet over the course of this vlog series who have agreed to meet with me, do a, a Zoom recording, and then I'm going to pull those, um, some of those best moments, if you like, from those meetings so that you hear from them and you can hear what church leaders outside of your own circles... going to get to hear a wide um, kind of representation of what the Lord is saying. And of course, that is not a subjective reality. What the whole point of this is that we have a sense of what is the Lord objectively, objectively saying to us as his people. Wasn't Ravi enough? I would be surprised if any of you listening to this would be able to think of a more shocking reality or example of moral failure than the case of Ravi Zacharias. 
so shocking is it? Um, without going into the detail of that in this vlog today, suffice to say that there is a severity of example in this case with Ravi Zacharias that I think is supposed to jolt the church, shake the church, sober the church, church leaders especially, into an awareness that something is profoundly wrong within the establishment, within our understanding of what the church is across all of these different de denominations. It's not a denominational spectrum, it's a denominational maze. If you've not seen our film Calling Yeshua, please watch that and you'll understand why I'm saying it's not a spectrum and why it's profoundly, um, there's a profound lostness for us all in this sense. And so for church leaders especially, wasn't Ravi enough? Wasn't Ravi enough? What, what wasn't the scandal, wasn't the disgrace that Ravi's, um, this case with Ravi was, isn't that enough for us to stop doing everything as we have always done it isn't it wasn't it enough and of course for some for some of us the answer is no yes it was enough there was a, a willingness to recognize in i think specifically combined with the world events of the pandemic and so forth that something that the lord was putting his finger on something it says in the first verse of hosea 7 that when the lord begins to heal Ephraim, his covenant people, he, he does something specifically when he begins to heal. And it says that he reveals iniquity. And so for those who have ears to hear what the Spirit says to the churches, this is the refrain through the book of Revelation. We're going to spend some time looking at this today just as an introduction in these first few verses of Revelation 3 going over the page. Um I want us to just spend some time thinking about this concept of strengthening what remains and and is about to die. Those are the specific words that we're about to see in this passage. Um, to the church in Sardis, let me just read it for us. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. Okay, so this is the, this is the main phrase for this whole vlog series. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent if you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you, want, you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Those three verses particularly, and it's this phrase, um, and strengthen what remains and is about to die. Um, it seems to me, looking at this, at this chapter in Revelation, that there are different kinds of death. There are, there are three different kinds of death. There is... Jesus is saying that some things are already dead, that there are some things that are about to die, which is why there's a need for strengthening. And then there is a, a sense of terminal death, which I think comes when the, the biggest warning in this book, I think, is in chapter 2, verse 5, where Jesus basically, his terms and conditions, if you don't, if you don't repent, then 
I'll remove your lampstands. Jesus is stood in the midst of the lampstand. And I just don't you just think that's beautiful. He has this sense of he's among us um, in great grace and mercy, long suffering patience. And yet he's he's also he's also giving us terms and conditions. And so the ultimate death is that if we don't respond, if the church don't respond, I think every single congregation in this nation, in this country, to the, in the Church of Great Britain, and of course I could apply this more further afield than that, but I'm talking to the country that I belong to or, or I'm in, I'm a citizen of. For every church, if you, don't, if you don't have a posture change, there is the very real sense of death beyond that which Jesus wants, the removal of a lampstand, and I think that's, that's clear in Scripture here. So there are these three types of death the 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 kind of the kind of death that is Jesus is saying is already dead. So think of John fifteen. Think of pruning. Think of the need to get rid of dead wood. Um, I think that's how we're supposed to understand the the sense of warning in this book at, in these first three or four chapters, first three chapters of Revelation. What are those things among us that are dead? Wasn't Ravi enough to wake us up to the reality that we are surrounded, entrenched, as it were. In, in a deathliness of systems and ideologies and theologies and practices and priorities that are dead. They're not the priorities of the heart of the Father. And it's not what God is saying to the church, the UK blessing. That's going to be a feature of this vlog series. What do church leaders think of the UK blessing video that went viral? Um, so as you, as you read these scriptures, as you read... Maybe the, maybe the first uh, just, just spend some time reading these first few chapters of the book of Revelation. Um, in your own time, the first three chapters, and just get a sense of what it is that God is saying. What what is Jesus like? In other words, what is Jesus' priority at this point? And I think. If we're honest with ourselves, as much as it may be an uncomfortable thought, that disruption is needed. And um, I'm wanting to just compare and contrast two podcasts, as you may have heard me talk about already, um, with some major focuses that I have come become persuaded are actually more important and more urgent than I'd even thought they were. That is the preparation of the church for the end of the age the preparation of the bride for the return of the bridegroom king, whether in our lifetime or not. And the second one being the significance of male leadership. And why am I talking about that? Well, in brief, because I think the family and I think men, masculine masculinity, godly masculinity, and get this, godly masculine male leadership is is under attack. The point of this vlog series is to look at 2 Corinthians 2.11 where it, Paul talks about our not being unaware of the devil's schemes. We're not unaware of the devil's schemes. And the point of that is so that we're not outwitted by Satan in order that the church can survive, but more than survive, endure and come to a place of flourishing within that endurance. And so looking at these two podcast series, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill by Christianity Today by a guy called Mike Cosper, I'm wanting to look at some of the critical lessons that we can learn from exposing, again, thinking of that that word in Hosea 7.1, when God begins to heal his people, he reveals iniquity. Thinking of, of Ephesians 5.11, have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. 
and looking at what it is that through this podcast series we can learn that the Satan is has been, is, and will be doing in the church. Similarly, for a BBC podcast series called End of Days, which is an expose of the Waco disaster in the early 90s where a chap called David Koresh took under his deceptive cult wing a bunch of people, including several Britons, by the way, who ended up dying because they, it was just demonic deception. But it was all appearing to be to do with the end of the age and all appearing to be to do with Jesus' return and all appearing to be to do with the glory of God. And it wasn't. It was demonic and it was a strategy of Satan. So I've become convinced, I've become persuaded that there are two, at least two, but more lessons here to be learned from comparing and contrasting these two podcasts. going to be looking as I say we're going to be looking at scripture in depth we're going to be um, we're going to be doing that consistently we're going to be highlighting text so that we've got these texts literally highlighted in our hearts and in our minds um, I would love to try and make it as kind of interactive as possible so that if there are things that you want to feed back into ask questions or even help to shape the, the vlog series in video form then you'll be more than welcome to do that but you'll begin you're going to be seeing a bunch of different leaders um, of high caliber, high quality people who, of course, are imperfect, just like me, just like all of us, and yet who are at least leaning in to hear what I think the Spirit is saying to the churches. Well, the biggest problem in the church at the minute is that there is this enduring um, subjectivity to what God is saying. There is no sense of what God is saying to us corporately as a whole. And church leaders, now this is why I want to. I want to be hard hitting. I want to be challenging. And if it means me being annoying, fine. I'm not here to be popular. I'm not here to be funny or entertaining. I'm here to be faithful to what God is saying. And I want to challenge you, church leader. Are you in a place of genuinely um, altering your posture? being sobered enough to ask the question, what would disruption look like for myself as a church leader and the congregation of which I've been entrusted, for which I've been entrusted? Um, and I think as we look at these two podcast se- series, as we as we look at the Word of God, but more importantly, as we look at the Word of God with a view, with a view to being repentant, what what might God begin to do? in the churches of Great Britain. Um, I think that's all I, all I want to say, really. I want to just, I want to just be um, direct that this is infinitely important, that there seems to be very few church leaders responding to what we're currently living through. And just, and just let me say this to finish. I'm sure you're the same, that living on planet Earth is very difficult if your heart is Godward. If your, if your heart cry is for to me to live as Christ and to die as gain, it is very difficult living on this earth with the types of ideolo- ideology and narrative that are trampling through society. And when I hear stories of church leaders being willing to stand up for one thing but not another, we have 
grossly misunderstood what God is doing. And this issue of male leadership, if you've got an ear to hear what the, what the Spirit is saying, and if you've got a spiritual sense of discernment, you will see that the family is the most attacked element of society and has been for a number of years. Things have been lurking incognito for years and years, and now we're beginning to see the devil's hand played arrogantly and proudly. Think of that picture in in Peter where the devil is pictured as a roaring lion prowling around seeking whomsoever he he would he could devour. Well, if you think in the natural, lions don't do that. Lions, when they're on, on the hunt for food, when they're wanting to kill, there is almost ingrained within nature God's way of the lion needing to get low in humility, to be silent. If the devil if if the lion went around roaring in the na- in the natural, how many gazelle do you think the lion would catch? And so when we see this picture of the enemy in Peter's letter, I think it's I can't remember, one Peter three maybe, correct me if I'm wrong. Um we see this image of the pro- the proud strutting unnatural of the enemy. And I think that's what we're seeing in society at the minute is this profound arrogance to the work of the enemy. And it's important that we have the wherewithal to um, to expose that, to talk about it. And the male leadership, in my opinion, is up there as the most attacked reality in society, not just the church, but culture at large. But I think crucially... And this is what I want to say at the beginning of this is that the church will not be prepared for the end of the age until we get to grips with this issue of male leadership. And whatever that may trigger in you or not trigger in you as you listen to me, whether you're a man or a woman, the issue is that God has placed within his order, within his created order, within his government, he has distinguished men and women in the context of spiritual authority and spiritual leadership. And while we, while we reduce that, to subjective, well, what's okay for you is fine, but that's not okay for me. No, that's not the way God works. And the church have suffered because they have agreed to disagree over things like that for centuries that's left us in this smorgasbord mess of essentially spiritual impotence. And mark my words, guys, there is coming down the, further down the road, there is coming a different level of intensity of judgment that God will turn up if his people do not respond to what he's saying. He stood within the midst of the lampstands. What a, I love that image of him stood in the midst of the lampstands, wanting to be gracious, wanting his people to turn to him. And as we look at the word of God, as we, as we allow this double-edged sword to cut us and to pierce us where needed, knowing that that's a healing cutting and a healing piercing, um, will, I think, begin to, to to experience something like preparation. And God only knows what that will mean for us all and for you particularly if you're a church leader or if you're in a church and you're not sure of the church that you're in is faithful. Um, so let's let's just pray now as, as we close this introduction. Father, we are aware just as we think together and as we look at your word and as the subjects I'm talking about, um, are in the f- front of our thinking that it's a weighty matter, that it's a, a severe matter, it's an urgent matter. And as we are your sheep, we look at you and think of you now as the Good Shepherd, the one who defends us from bears and wolves and lions and poachers and false shepherds. And we look to you, Lord, because we are desperate for your voice 
we are desperate for a sense of what your word to us is, what you really are saying by your spirit to the churches at this time. And for the church in Great Britain, we all pray now that there would be a resounding, sudden sense of coming into focus and clarity, what it is that you're truly saying, and that our behavior, our response, corporately across the board would be fitting, would be appropriate to what it is you're saying, and that this schizophrenic, ambiguous, ambivalent, not sure what it is really that God's saying, making it all about just me, myself and I, Lord, that there would be a lancing of that and that there would be um, a sense of fitting, appropriate, shifting within local churches to reflect what you're saying to your people as a whole, as a body. We know that you're coming back, Lord, and that you will come in glory and in judgment. And we pray that you would help us to be ready for your return, whether in our lifetime or not. I pray that as we look at these infinitely important issues, that you would shed great light that changes us permanently and that would lead us into a greater place of faithfulness. I pray for a great sense of blessing on whoever listens and whoever engages. And Lord, I pray that this would be fruitful unto your glory, Father. Hallowed be your name. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode. You trusted it's been a blessing. If you want to help us take these media podcasts and videos and so forth into a new level of production, please do consider going to our Patreon page. You can find that link in the show notes and consider becoming one of our supporters. We'd be grateful. Until next week, let's keep praying. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm.